what up long beach welcome back to the only podcast that talks long beach state athletics it is the lb fee show hosted by the 562.org which is myself jj fiddler i'm mike garabasio and uh, we're very excited to be looking at the start of basketball season just around the corner uh last episode we got to sit down with some of the men's basketball players uh sitting down with some of the women's basketball players this week as they get ready to get going here as well. Uh, but before we get to them, obviously can't go any further in the show without introducing the man, the myth, the legend, athletic director, Andy Fee. Andy, welcome to your show. Good morning, gentlemen. It's, uh, it's exciting. Things continue to get better in terms of uh, more and more sports getting underway. So um, as I, I hate to say it, bring up COVID, we're, we're still moving along and uh, looking forward to uh, great winter sports season, the conclusion of the fall sports, and looking ahead to the spring sports. So uh, excited. Great sports going on right now. We have a huge game coming in this week at Long Beach State, George Allen Field. The women's soccer team currently sitting second place in the Big West Conference. Going to be hosting first place Cal Poly on Thursday night. Long story short, the winner of that game could end up being the host for the Big West Conference Tournament. So it is a massive contest. Would be really cool if Long Beach State can pull off that win and then just have to play Cal Poly again down here on the same field literally a week after they play. So that should be interesting to see. Andy, you got to be really excited with how Mauricio Ingracio has got that team back on track after the long COVID break. Yeah, I mean, to be essentially controlling our own destiny right now is what you always want and where you want to be as a, as a team and a program. And kudos to Mauricio and his, his, his athletes, you know, as you mentioned last fall uh, with the fall sports, not playing and having a season, this was, there was a long layoff layoff and, you know, you can go two ways. Um, They've elevated their game um, and find themselves in a great spot to potentially get to the postseason again, which I think would be, you know, maybe the fourth time in seven years or something like that. So um, really critical week uh, for them. So encourage everybody to come out to George Allen Field and uh, make that definitely home field advantage. So as we mentioned, uh, obviously talking uh, basketball this episode, but before we do that, um, I have to talk about the big news of the week, uh, which is um, Andy, uh, you as athletic director made a, a, a rare move this week with a mid-season coaching change in the women's volleyball program. Um, we've got a, a full story up at the 562.org about that, but um, sort of curious for your thoughts on that and, uh, and you know, what you want to share about that now. Yeah, making personnel changes is the worst part of the job, you know, as a leader, because um, it affects people. And Joy and Matt are great people. Um, they're just high quality. They ran the program with integrity in terms of, uh, you know, NCAA and rules, never any issues, um, you know, really did a great job with the academic side of the house. So in a lot of ways, again, extremely grateful and thankful for their hard work. But there's the other side, as I've mentioned, to the coin, and that's the competitiveness uh, side, the athletic side of the piece. And through, you know, this is their fifth year, we haven't moved the needle to get to where the expectations are for this program. It has a great lineage, a great legacy, a great tradition of success. 
and they have the resources. That's one of our programs that is high resource. Not all 19 teams are at high resource, unfortunately. You know, we're a mid-major and we're not a USC or a UCLA. Um, so we have teams that, you know, struggle, you know, we, we work to get them as much as we can. And then we have other teams where, you know, it's, it's a deep investment. Women's volleyball is one of those programs and the expectations are higher when you have those resources. And for whatever reason, it, it didn't click, it didn't work. And it's not to say that Joy and Matt weren't invested necessarily, or, you know, didn't try. It just, it didn't work out. And, you know, the question of, well, why now? Um, you know, the last couple of weeks have been lackluster. And so, you know, the choice is, do you just ride it out and, and hope that it's going to get better? Or do you try and make a change? And there, there's 10 matches left, half of the Big West Conference slate, and maybe try and inject um, some different energy into it and, you know, see if they can make a little run and and finish off the year um, for seniors in, in, in the best way possible. Um, so, you know, I decided to make that decision. It, it really isn't a typical decision to make a change mid-year, but sometimes it's necessary. And I understand Joy and Matt maybe being frustrated, but at the end of the day, I have to do what I believe to be the best thing for the program and the athletes. And that's where the timing worked out for a change um, that we made yesterday. Now that the timing is a little bit different, do you immediately start the search for a new head coach? And, and like you said, trying to find that energy to, uh, to inject into the program, or is that something you wait for the end of the season to start? So we haven't formally posted the job and that probably won't come maybe till the end of the season, uh, end of the month, November. Uh, but I can tell you yesterday, within six hours, I had a Pac-12 coach, a Mountain West coach and a, a Big 12 coach reach out to me expressing interest in the job. And so, you know, that that's on their end. Um, I'm not this week, I'm not going to be actively you know, recruiting, but, you know, we, we are going to talk to people. I mean, people are going to reach out and, as I said, express interest, but a formal search won't start um, till the season is over, whatever date that is, if it's after the match on the 27th, or if we were to advance to some postseason, um, that's when we would formally begin it. But in the meantime, yeah, people are going to reach out. They're going to reach out to you know, uh, myself or my staff, they're going to reach out to boosters that they know. I mean, if you have interest in the job, you're going to try and find a way to get your name on the radar. And so that, that game's already begun. And again, that does give us an advantage. Um, as I, if there's another job open, I'm not sure what it is. So we are the job that everybody's looking at right now, which does give us an advantage to get ahead of the game. Well, uh, interesting thoughts as well. And like I said, uh, to hear more from Andy, uh, we do have a, a full story up on the 562.org, so you can check that out. It's up right now. Um, let's talk about basketball. We've got winter breathing down our next. JJ just mentioned still some huge, huge games in the fall sports season. Um, but, you know, we had, uh, we had the captains from the men's basketball team on on the last show. Had a great time with them uh, talking to the women's basketball players today. Andy, um, how are you feeling about men's and women's basketball? How excited are you to, you know, knock on wood, hopefully continue this sort of slow march back towards normal that, uh, that we've been, we've been on for the last, uh, you know, year and a half or so. Yeah. You know, the more and more events, you know, obviously we have women's volleyball going on right now in the pyramid, but 
adding basketball into the mix uh, will be exciting and to repopulate the pyramid is is awesome. I am optimistic, uh, you know, maybe I'll kind of start with women's basketball. Um, you know, I just ran into Coach Kamen in the hallway yesterday and we just chatted and, you know, he talked about great energy um, and their close scrimmage with St. Mary's and how our defense just created a lot of turnovers, which we saw last year as well. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, some injuries hit them um, near the, you know, the, the mid to late part of the conference slate. And um, we didn't have the success we had out of the gate, but I think if they're healthy defensively, we are going to be a, a lot to handle. People are going to have a problem with us. So the X factor is probably offensively. What are we, what are we going to do? Um, shot selection, things of that nature, but I'm really excited. You know, he's got um, a lot of veterans as I'll call them on that team. You know, you've got Justina King at the point, um, you know, who starts it all. And, you know, the, the list is long with, with people coming back. So I'm, I'm excited. Great schedule. Um, I think good test to see where we stand in the non-conference. And I think in conference, if we're healthy um, and we protect the ball, we protect the ball and, and, and use good shot selection. Defensively, we are going to give people fits. So excited on that end. Men's side, um, you know, I really like our team. Um, I'm an eternal optimist, but I really do think that uh, Dan's got a good group of guys who are on the same page and that goes a long way um i think again non-conference schedule be a great test for their, for our team um and if they can stay healthy they're deep um we've got those three calm covid seniors back um you know drew colin and j rob uh so i think good leadership um talents there x factor health We'll be we'll be in we'll be in a position to compete this year. So I'm excited. As you'll hear in our interview with those three guys that you just mentioned, Andy, you know, we talked a little bit about the schooling and how the difference of the COVID schooling is as big or if bigger difference than the COVID practicing or the COVID playing. So, uh, you know, what's the athletic department doing to help these student athletes navigate through literally uncharted waters uh, as they get back into a version of going to college? It was, it was really difficult last year as, as those guys. And if you talk to other student athletes to suddenly go, especially when you're an athlete, you're in person, right? You you're at practice, obviously it's, you're used to being in person. Everything you do is in person, whether it's practice, uh, you go to the training room, uh, whether you go to academics, whatever it is, you're used to seeing people. So to suddenly, yeah, maybe you might've practiced, but then, you know, you really didn't go to, you didn't go to the training room. Uh, you didn't go to the Bakerstaff Academic Center in person. It was all Zoom, all virtual. And yeah, you know, I think as in life, some people are going to gravitate more easily to certain things, but our athletes, especially, I think yearn. And I think even myself as an athletic administrator, you yearn for being around people. You want to be together. And um, I think, I give a lot of credit to our student athletes who stepped up to the challenge, but you know, the virtual world is great. You can check in, you can do all the things, but it does not make up for just being together. And hopefully now as we transition back to being in person, um, this fall is more of a hybrid for a lot of our student athletes. Half the class, their classes are probably in person. The other half are virtual. 
going into spring, um, you know, it's going to be closer to 90% probably in person for classes. Maybe a few will still be offered virtually. But I hope as we move into the spring portion of the season, it is feeling way, way more normal um, than it has been. But again, I, I give a lot of credit to student athletes for having resiliency, the grit. We always talk about those things. And they, they stepped up to the plate and, um, you know, we'll, we'll provide all the resources we can. But again, I, the one thing I can't do is make up for being together in person, but we're closer to that than we've ever been. Well, as we get closer to the season, we will have previews up for both of those teams. So all the schedules are already on there. So you can kind of mark it on your calendar when you want to make it out to Walter Pyramid, be able to see either the men's or women's basketball team. And obviously every week at the 562.org, we have our Long Beach State Notebook updating you everything going on here at the beach. All right, we're joined by uh, women's basketball players, Justina King and Maddie Udy. Guys, can you say hello just so everyone knows your, your voice, Justina? Hi, everyone. This is Justina King. Hi, this is Maddie Udy. How you guys doing? Are you excited? Yes, very excited. Super excited. New team, new year, and we get our fans back. I get the we're fan. excited. Uh, yeah, let's start there. How big of a deal is that for you guys? Like, I know last year, I mean, I talked to some players and some parents about even just that part of it was so crazy. Like, how excited are you guys to have students and, and family and friends and stuff back in the back in the gym? Um, yeah, I think it's huge. Definitely having your fans gives you like more motivation to work harder and like you want to do good for them. And so having them there cheering for you gives you energy on the court. And so I think it's like a big, it's definitely a big deal to have them back. And then getting your family in the crowd as well, um, just having that support behind you is really important as well. And I mean, we're always going to be locked in no matter who's in the crowd, whether it's 100 people, 1,000 people, just us on the bench. But it is nice to have that fan base. And we have a great one here with our donors and the student section and, you know, even other sports. So it's great to have them back. And it helps with momentum, too. Like, uh, if we're going on a run, having that fan screaming and cheering, like, it gives you an extra boost. So we're super excited to have them back this year. Um, Justina, as someone who, you know, has been here um, and is now a, a junior, super junior, I think is that's what I'm going to go with. Um, <laughs> what, what, how does this season feel in terms of that sort of return to normalcy? It, like having it on the regular schedule and everything, is it nice to sort of start getting back to some of the things you're used to as being normal? Yeah, it's definitely refreshing. I mean, the idea of even not having to go back-to-back -back games and, you know, we'll have more time for scouts and the idea that we'll get to play home and away with each team instead of, you know, just both games at one place or both games at the other. It's just nice to get back to normal. I mean, we've missed it, so I'm, I'm excited. Uh, Maddie, you know, I guess same question for you, obviously. I know you're, you're, you're new here, but what's, what's it like for you to be, okay, the season's starting when it's supposed to start. I can, I can tell people to come to the games, you know, yeah. all that. Yeah, I think it is a big deal because um, – and also you spread out when you play the team. So, like, you play one team at the beginning of the season, you play them at the end. So, you like, you really get to see your growth, too, throughout the season. Um, so, I think that's – I liked that part a, a lot about it. And then last year, like, you kind of just played them back-to-back. -back. So, um, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, so, let's talk about defense. Um, Coach Kamen, obviously, is a big defensive guy. Um, the team last year was among the best in the country at turning other teams over. I know from the work you guys have done so far, it looks like that might even be improved this season. Mm -hmm. um, Justina, how do you, I mean, you know, players have come through here, all basketball players, like none of you, no one was 
practicing defense in the driveway by themselves, right? <laughs> like everyone's thinking about making a game-winning shot, whatever. How do you build the identity of a team around defense and attacking another team as opposed to everyone just thinking about, okay, I want to get my bucket? Yeah, I mean, I think that's setting the tone right at the beginning. At the beginning, it wasn't so much offense. Like we were doing defense, 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 defense. So right away, that's the focus, and that sets the tone for the rest of our offense. Because I mean, you got to stop now. You're on offense, you know. So, and I think Coach Jeff does a great job of really drilling that into our heads, and that's why we have that reputation defensively every year, and it doesn't drop off with new players or anything. That's who we are. Are you are you enjoying Maddie coming into you know that being defense first and in, in everything you guys are doing? What's that been like for you? Um, yeah, I've always loved defense. Um, and so, like, defense has been a huge thing for me. And I knew coming in, like, that they were really good at it and they had got a bunch of steals throughout the season. Um, and so coming in and just, like, working on defense was a change, I feel like, for for me. But it's it definitely shows how competitive we are, too, because you know you have to get this stop to win. Yeah. And that's why we're so good at defense, because we're such a com- competitive team. She fit in very well. Okay. <laughs> Great defensive player right here. So. Uh, but, Maddie, as someone who is coming from outside, I mean, mm-hmm. can you give fans a sense of, like, do you, do you guys spend at Long Beach, do you spend a lot more time on defense than, you know, you have previously? Is that is that is that the case, I guess? Um, yeah, I would say yes, especially in the summer. Like, when we, fir- when we first got here, like, we were just working on defense constantly, working on positioning, working on, like, who needs to be in help side, our zones, everything. Like, it was constant, and uh, I think that was a big change. Yeah. And even to add to that, it was like literally straight out of Coach Carter. Like, don't touch a ball. <laughs> yeah. We were literally like, ball no time. basketball <laughs> touched. All defense, the entire practice. There was like, a practice, no one took one shot. Like, yeah, it was it was just literally not a single <laughs> shot, to, like, nothing. <laughs> literally, Coach Carter. So. I, th- I think in talking to Jeff, you know, when he got hired, and I've known him for a long time, he sort of described it as being like the re- the reverse Warriors a little bit, right? It's like when the Warriors were sort of at their peak, they could go on a run where they would score 15 points in a row in like 20 seconds, and it's demoralizing. And his point was if you turn another team over four or five times in a row, it has the same effect in the game except it's more demoralizing for the other team when you're like, we can't we can't enter the ball into the post. We can't, mm-hmm. you know, we can't run our set. We can't do whatever we're trying to do. Do you find that in the game, Justina? Like last year, would there be moments where you could kind of feel that frustration from another team? Oh, 100%. And I love that. Like, I feel like we <laughs> feed off of that really well because not only does it, like, they get frustrated, but then we get hype and we're, like, screaming, we're clapping, not necessarily in their face or anything because we're very polite, nice people. <laughs> but we definitely at are. At your coaches. Like, at yes, the coaches. exactly. Yes, 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 yes. And at the fans this year. For sure, exactly. See, so we don't even have to do all that stuff but um it, it's definitely I think it's even worse to be honest like having that frustration on as the offensive team like because you feel like you can't do anything you're trying everything whereas if a team's scoring all the time like you're like okay well we can still score or get back into it but like offensively if I can't do anything I can't score it's like what am I what are we right. doing so that's that's pretty frustrating it's like it's almost motivating if the other team is scoring because you're like all right let's get the ball let's get yeah, right exactly and whereas if you just you get you turn it over twice before you cross half court yeah it's, it's, it's not motivating for sure. not at all <laughs> um okay well let's get to know you guys a little bit uh better personally maddie i've yes. been informed before we started recording that you're a tiktok phenomenon i'm Woo! not um, i'm really <laughs> not i'm really not <laughs> So, you know, bro, listen, I'm like, I'm like, I was born six months too old for TikTok. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I was like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And then that was, there's like a hard line for me, like a little bit of Snapchat. 
what is it that you love about TikTok? You know, and I know that for college kids now, that's really yeah. what you guys are doing, right? So what, yeah. what's, what, what's TikTok mean to you? I personally? think TikTok is just funny. Like, I just have fun on there. Like, I'm, I can't dance, but I, I do on there. <laughs> like, I just think it's fun. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really just for fun. Like, I do, like, pregame TikToks before every game. And then I do, like, day in the life stuff, too. And I, I just, I don't know. I just enjoy it. I just enjoy doing it. What's the can't miss TikTok content from Maddie, Justina? I think it's our most recent video yeah. that we did together, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, little do people know, Maddie might have a little bit of a hurt shoulder. I might have hurt my back <laughs> a little bit. And there was a TikTok, and there was a part in the TikTok where I had to flip. We had to lock arms. I had to flip over her back. And it probably wasn't the best thing for us two to do together. But um, well, we, we executed, it. and it was great. So, <laughs> yeah. Did the coaches monitor the TikToks for injury updates? I mean, that sounds, um, that sounds, that sounds slightly dangerous. Maybe they should, but yeah. Uh, maybe we just edit that part out, Coach okay, Jeff. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll take that part out. Uh, and tell us, tell me about your dogs. I have two dogs at home, well, at my apartment right now here with me. Their names are Zoe and Moo, and they're so cute. Moo is a little black and white. She looks like a little cow, so I named her Moo. And she's only five months old. So, yeah, I love her. I love Zoe, too. But I, I love them see. both. <laughs> are you aware of tiny dog culture in Long Beach? No. You haven't been here long enough. Tiny dog culture is, like, very, like, you haven't taken her down to 2nd Street? just Yeah, 2nd so Street. Where we did the scavenger hunt. Oh, yeah. It's like that's all people do is they walk their tiny dogs back and forth <laughs> yes. down Second Street. I feel like this is this is exciting. We have a dog beach also. This yeah, I've been to I've been to the dog there. beach, yes. Okay. There's right. a lot of tiny dogs there. And she took me to and there was like three dogs there it that was one day. That day. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there a few times. It's always funny on Second Street or at the beach or whatever, like one person will come through with a full size dog and everyone looks at them like, you son of a <laughs> what are you? This is for tiny dogs only. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, Justina, you're a huge Disney fan. Yep. That'll never change. <laughs> It'll never change. No. Have you been able to get to the park since it's reopened, et cetera, I et cetera? haven't, unfortunately. See, we have a lovely Dobo named Tia, and she <laughs> um, works there, you know, on the side, and it would be so lovely if she could just, like, maybe swing some tickets our way or something. <laughs> We're waiting for the invite. So. Yeah, for sure. But um, I would love to make my way there again sometime soon. We tried to go for my birthday, which was in June, and it was literally sold out, and they said it would be sold out for months. And I was pretty devastated, but it's okay. We'll make our way back there. Right, Tia? <laughs> I love, I'm always having, the whole reason we do the podcast with student athletes is so you can lobby your coaches for things. Yeah. yeah. We had the men's basketball players complaining about the quality of breakfast they were getting from mm. Coach Cav. Mm. Um, and so now we've got Disneyland tickets. Disneyland yeah. tickets? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> very hesitant. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, I like it's like you're, you act like it's like she works at the movie theater and she's going to upgrade you to the large Coke. Oh, yeah. It's like, just slide me a $200 ticket <laughs> yeah. under the table. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, for people who've been following this team for a while, can you, Justina, can you give us a sort of compare and contrast with last year? Like, what's going to be different about this year's team? What's sort of the identity other than just obviously being really aggressive defensively like we talked about? Mm -hmm. I think this year, to focus a little bit more on offense, I think we have a lot more threats this year. Um, we can score in different places. We're shooting it from the three pretty well right now. We have people like Maddie who can drive it really well. We got Jazzy who's playing really well. I mean, it's just a lot more to guard, and it's going to be trouble for the other teams for sure. 
Maddie, how excited are you to to kind of bring that? I know when when you came over, that was what Jeff talked about was kind of being some instant offense, and and I think that was from my perspective, I say kind of what they were missing last year. It mm-hmm. was like you really smother teams defensively, but you just needed that one or two extra people you could throw the ball to. How excited are you to kind of play that role on this team? Yeah, I'm really excited, and I think it will also open up a lot for Justina, and Justina will open a lot up for me. Like the other scores on the court are going to open up a lot of opportunities for other people too, and so I think it's going to be really good, and we're going to learn how to work together more on that and our defense is going to give us momentum for our offense for sure and we're going to get a lot more fast break points and stuff like that too that all sounds great to me (laughs) game plan (laughs) (laughs) Um, what are the expectations for this team justina how much have you guys talked about that you know last year obviously had such a great start and then there were some some frustrating injuries at kind of an inopportune time Mm -hmm. you know what are your expectations for the year and how much have you guys kind of talked about that um you can definitely expect us to win the big west championship this year i'm really excited for this team and that's what our goal is and we're gonna get it Mm Check. Period. Period. And there. <laughs> I'm kidding. Period. No, that sounds good to me. Period. We're winning the Big West. It sounds good. November 9th at home in the Walter Pyramid against Biola. Come see uh, Justina and Maddie and uh, the rest of the Long Beach State women. Uh, how many turnovers are we going for in that game? That's a 20, Forced 30. Forced turnovers? Forced? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just 20. Clerks yes, forced. Turnovers yeah. like one, two, maybe max. Like the whole team. Yeah. <laughs> but forced. I think we could get to 20. Rooms. 25. 25? 25. Yeah, let's shoot high. I like that. Yeah. Okay, 25, 25 turnovers guaranteed against yeah. Michael <laughs> in the Walter Pyramid November 9th. So come by and check them out. Another great interview with more student athletes here at Long Beach State. As we have been doing this year on the LBF show before we get out of here, going to talk a little bit about uh, something completely different. Andy, we are hip deep in spooky season. So obviously everybody's favorite movie or TV show that either scares them or makes them laugh about being scared uh, is is on repeat in so many households. So do you have any movies or TV shows that you make sure you watch when it comes around to be Halloween season? Well, I'm a big Beetlejuice guy. Love Beetlejuice. I don't know if that's technically a Halloween movie, but it's got that spooky uh, afterlife thing going. So I love Beetlejuice, uh, big fan of that. And then, yeah, you got to go to, you know, your, your, your classics, um, you know, Mike, Michael Myers and Halloween and, and all of that. But yeah, I am a sucker for uh, those movies, but love Beetlejuice, big Michael Keaton fan. And uh, again, I don't know if that qualifies as a Halloween movie. Does, no, that absolutely, I, I'm absolutely yeah. a Halloween movie. We have, we have yes. a Beetlejuice house in my neighborhood, Andy. We have, we have, someone did someone's got the full like the big worm inflatable, and you know what I mean. So yeah, it's I think awesome, that isn't it? I mean, how can you go wrong? I mean, Michael Keaton's hilarious in that, and uh, the rest of the cast is great. And uh, I think it's uh, it's so that's mine. I don't know where you guys are. No, I, I like that one. It's also a great Halloween costume. Literally anybody in that movie make, makes for a great Halloween costume. Last year, I saw somebody walking around as the uh, caseworker from the, uh, you know, from the, the way station when they die the first time. That was a really good one. She had the, the smoke and everything. So that was That's cool. That's great. Uh, and Mike, I know you're watching like literally everything scary right now. So. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I am a big uh, horror movie and uh, horror fiction guy. Um, with a eight-year-old and a just turned six-year-old at home, uh, we are watching as a family quite a. a, a we're watching all the PG slash PG thirteen classics, uh, Hocus Pocus, and uh, we just watched Paranorman last night, Halloween Town, 
uh, all those. For me personally, um, I I think I did a I think I I did my list on here maybe last year of my top five. So I would just say of the new stuff, I really liked the Fear Street trilogy they did on Netflix. That was a really cool concept um, that I thought they executed really well. It's like a a trilogy that actually came out spaced out by two weeks apart each, um, and it tells one story but in three different parts. It was really cool. So I I liked that one a lot. I thought that was really uh, cleverly done. That's a good one. Uh, Mike also told me about one that's on Netflix right now, Midnight Mass. That That's pretty good if you want to check out a show. It's not uh, not a movie, but it feels like a movie when you're watching it. Uh, but I, I got to go Exorcist because I've seen it 167 times and it keeps getting better every time I see it. Are you an Exorcist guy? I didn't know that. No, that's just a line from Beetlejuice. Oh, All right, okay. let's, get out of, let's get out of here. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to producer Roger for setting this thing up. Uh, like, like we said, huge games coming at the beach right now and then more coming around the corner with the winter season. So we'll see you in the stands, Long Beach. Take care.